Welcome back inside the Sacred Video Vault. This is JB. Hey, this is Eddie. And here we are, back for part two of our Dracula re retrospective. Uh, how you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty spooked. Pretty spooky. spooked, yeah. Spooky time. Well, you should feel pretty spooky because out of all the Dracula films that we watch for this retrospective, this one is probably the scariest. Oh, yeah. Totally. In more, way, in, in more ways than one, because, folks, today we have Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Oh, wait. Oh, I thought you were talking about our, our other movie that we talked about today, uh, what we will be talking about today, uh, Dead and Loving It. I really thought, Mel, uh, yeah, I really thought you were saying that was the scariest movie. Scary, cheesy in some point. No, it's a, it's a joke. I thought you were being sarcastic about the scariest. Movie. It's Rotten Tomatoes rating is pretty scary. Eleven percent doesn't deserve that. It does not deserve um, that. Um, I'm sorry. I I'm being sarcastic. Uh, I don't find Bram Stoker's Dracula that scary at all. I mean, visually, it's kind of scary. It's just corny. It's campy. I love it. Yeah. it's campy though. It's corny. But yeah. anyway, sorry. I I we'll we'll move on from. We'll talk yeah, about let, that in detail. Yeah, let's dive. Let's actually dive right into Bram Stoker's because here we have directed by Academy Award winner Francis Ford Coppola. Yep, Godfather. Yeah, Godfather. And uh, if you look at the movies that he does, he's always saying, "Oh, it's Bram Stoker's Dracula." Mario Puzo's The Godfather. He's he's very good about you know getting the author the proper credit that they're due. Yeah, it is nice of him to do that. Yeah, because I I don't really un understand it, but hey, it works for him. Now let's do, let's first talk off. Just you know, right from the beginning, this is a very gothic film, and it hits you right in the face about five minutes into it. Yeah, because because you see Dracula as this sort of crusader in a way. Like the Order of the Dragon, and yeah, the categories making meowing in the background. Uh, it's and like very couple. It's very operatic in its setup, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, oh, can we, and let's talk about Gary Oldman. How about that? Yeah, I love Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is men. Uh, yeah, Gary Oldman is an absolutely fantastic beast of an actor. Um, he deserves all the credit for being Gary Oldman. I mean. Yeah, because he's sorry. I know that's he's very chameleonic in a way. He's because he has so many different looks in this movie. Yeah, this movie alone he's, has so many. Yeah, and let's just take through it because you see him. Um, it's very gothic. We talk. It's like very Wes Craven's New Nightmare in that it's almost like a church of blood with losses of faith. That's how he kind of gets crazy. How he gets how crazy he is, just because the um, who who is it? The Turks. Yeah. Turks. Yeah, it's the Turks or uh, or the or some or uh, whoever he's fighting the war against. I think it's the Turks. Yeah, they send a note to to his uh, betrothed, and they're like, "Oh, he died in battle. Ha <laughs> ha! Sucks to be you." She kills herself. Dude goes crazy, curses out God. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's. You ever think about ridiculous. the fact? You ever think about the fact that a character like Vlad the Impaler, though, like the character that of course were. That base they based Dracula off of um, was a real person. Like you ever think about that fact that like that was a that was based off of a true the concept of Dracula is based off of a true story, which they then had to fabricate a little bit because the right. true story well, is so horrific. Yeah, because let, let, let's give a little context. The, um, there was a was he a Habsburg prince? I believe he was. I don't know. Yeah, he was a, a, a Transylvanian prince. Vlad Tepes lived in what is known to the locals as uh, Hunadawara Castle. Yes. And just was an absolute nutcase yes. to his enemies. He actually impaled them, 
drank their blood, oh, dismem- dismembered, disemboweled them. Ruined. There is there is nothing good that can be said about this guy. Not at he all. He was a Bad. prince of blood. Oh boy. It's, yeah. It's horrific and terrifying. Yeah, and speaking of psychopathic, let's talk about Tom Waits as Renfield in this movie. Tom Waits is also. Uh... Tom, I, mean, it, it, I think it just there's an unwritten law in Hollywood. If you need someone to play crazy in the best way possible. Find some 1970s musician who has done every drug under the sun. And and Tom Waits has done just that. I mean, he, he was Dr. Heller in Mystery Men. Yes. He had that great monologue in The Fisher King as the homeless guy in the wheelchair in Grand Central. Yes. And, but also, like, in, in spite of Waits being kind of over the top, this entire movie kind of being over the top, because you have read the book. Yes. I have not. Okay. I've read parts of the book. I have not read it, read it um, front to back. Good, good book. Yeah, it is... It's easily the most accurate version of this book just because they've got the different diaries. Yeah, just they, the presentation. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, and oh, God. Oh, but Keanu Reeves' as Jonathan Harker is just awful. I mean, Keanu Reeves is good at paying... He's good at playing Keanu Reeves. Playing Keanu Reeves, And yeah. Neo in The Matrix. And apparently he's been, like, super good at, like, um, uh, a little man known as John Wick. He's been kind of good. John Wick was good. I'm not, I'm not okay. going to disparage the good name of John, John Wick. John Wick is still, still need to see the second one. <laughs> John Wick two is so good, yeah. man. Uh, and also, one thing I one thing I noticed in this movie is you know, that we're doing. Sorry, I'm I'm just going to point out. Just got to stop you really quick. We're doing an episode of John Wick. A- after Halloween. Yes. Okay. Because John Wick two. I'm sorry. Only John Wick two. We're not going to talk about part one. We're just going to talk about part two. Okay. But we have to watch John Wick two. I'm so sorry. I saw it in theaters. All right. And I was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever yeah. watched. That's anyway, so, uh, but, and now, as over the top of this movie is, though, you can see that so, that um, Coppola really does appreciate the, its predecessors. Because in, in the way that, that Olbin's made up, especially uh, in his uh, first entrance post-intro, with the long nails, that's a nod to Max Schreck and Nosferatu. Yeah, great. The path up to the castle, that's a nod to 1931, the Lugosi version. Just the overall sexuality in Dracula's Wives, or in all, just the sexuality in general, because Lucy in this one's kind of a nympho. Yeah. Throwing herself at everybody. Um, it really does all, Almost say, unheard of for Victorian England. Well, that is all based off of the Christopher Lee diary. Yeah, the Hammer version, where, where like, because, just showing cleavage is enough to get it, like, a near X rating. Yeah, and also, um, just the fact that even in, even in the Lugosi version, even in Nosferatu, um, they didn't include... Uh, what do you call it? Um, Lucy having more than one lover. Like, the Hammer version is the one that shows that Lucy's... Like, Lucy's not even in Nosferatu, I think. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, because Nosferatu, the, that, that's a F.W. Murr now, where it's... they Because uh, they couldn't get the rights to use Dracula, and that one he's called Count Orlock. Yeah. Where, um, it's... It's pretty much an adaptation of Dracula that isn't exactly Dracula. It's just weird that that turned out so well, though. Yeah, because um, Shrek's look, that kind of set the tone for vampires going forward. You know what's really funny? The idea of, yeah, the book was better than the movie. We've been making movies of books since, like, the 1920s, and, like, suddenly we're all, like, shocked that we've been making books about movies. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why are you making adaptations about comic book films? I mean, comic books. I mean... Why the hell not? Why the hell not? And also, yeah. we've been doing this since Dracula. Yeah, and... Like, and that's where the original comic And you made the point uh, right before we started recording that this was the first Dracula movie, probably the only one, to actually use Quincy Morris. Yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Now, why don't you give us a little bit of a back, give us some background on Quincy Morris? <laughs> no. 
I'm kidding. Uh, Quincy Morris is an American. He's the American who is in love with Lucy. Uh, he like shows up. He's one of the suitors. Sort of like this crazy Texan. He's a he's a Texan. Yeah, he's like a he's an oil boy. Man, actually an oil boy. But he's like he would be like the son of like. Uh, um, oh, I have a good joke here. Man. <laughs> um, you want me to plug your phone back in for you? No, no, I forgot <laughs> the man's name. Um, okay, I'm not going to do this joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, but um, the guy who played Quincy Morris, uh, Billy Campbell, who better known as the Rocketeer, Yep. did Rocketeer, this movie, and not much else. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then, and also just some other names. we got Richard E. Grant from With Nail and I, and he was on a few episodes of Doctor Who as a... Dr. Seward, who they turned into a heroin addict. Yeah, I don't know why they did uh, it's a it's a nice it's a nice homage or like a nice kind of contrast as you got the the psychiatrist as the madman. Yeah. Who's like treating unrequited love with heroin. And then and then you got Monica Bellucci as one of Dracula's wives. Uh, you could totally see her boobs in this too. I know. It's yeah. weird. Um and, and, and that scene in particular. Cause Dracula's Castle, you're seeing it as there's lots of red filters. It's very, like, very brooding, dark red lighting. And her first scene where uh, Keanu Reeves is Harker, he's kind of wandering the castle like a moody teenager. Yeah. And it's it's a blood orgy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's weird, but it's a blood orgy. Yeah, I know. It's uh... And that's that scene where you kind of have that image of Oldman doing that laugh where he kind of claps his hands together and just goes, ha, 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 yes. And he's like, and cut. Yeah, and that and that's like closing of the first act of the movie. Probably one of the most iconic images from it. And then uh, he's on his way to London, and then he's kind of running around as that beast, and sort of like the bestiality with that crazy manic um, point of view camera. I guess trying to capture the thrill of the hunt. There's some bestiality, and the blood clearly rejuvenates him, makes him look younger. Yes. So what was Transylvania maxed out? I mean, what was the deal? Uh, I don't know. I can't tell you. Um, yeah. It's like it's like they were all just like I think they all figured it out though. After like a couple hundred years, you're probably just like probably just like yeah, vampires, man. It's like it's, it's like oh, Dracula's feeding again. I guess I gotta put up the windows. You know what I mean? Like something like that. It's like oh, it's raining. Yeah. At that point, he he goes from looking like going from looking like a Viking dude to an old lady to now he basically looks like Jim Morrison. Dude, he looks like a fucking rock star. Yeah. I mean, I'd party with him. Yeah, I'd love to party with Gary. Just Gary Oldman in general. I'd yeah. love to party with Gary Oldman in general. He was on Greg the Bunny and was great. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's weird because like, once he gets to this point in the movie where he looks like a rock star, you can see that he's borrowing his mannerisms from Lugosi, but he's also making it his own just and he kind of has this innocence about him. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because we because we talked about Lugosi being kind of the typical European aristocrat. Christopher Lee just had the crazy faces; wasn't really on screen enough to, in the, at least in the first one, to leave much of an impact. Mm-hmm. And it's as though in this case, Dracula sees Mina, played by Winona Ryder, yeah, and sees the resemblance to his lost love, and he is legit trying to win her back. Oh, my favorite part about it is that they're. Um... They went with that story. Like, it's such a ridiculous storyline. Like, it's like... I, lo- I It's a very I, Coppola storyline. It's line. not just Coppola. It's just like... That was such a 90s storyline. It's like, not that it was a 90s storyline, though. Because Coppola, if, if you look at his, at his work in general, I'm talking from Godfather to Apocalypse Now, to even The Rainmaker. He's, he's a very operatic filmmaker. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the opera. I don't care about the opera. I'm talking about the storyline of 
the lost lover who died and the evil villains trying to bring her back to life. Like, that was so, like, the mummy returns did that. That was the whole, that was the whole purpose of the mummy, which came out four years later. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that in two weeks, folks. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I love the mummy. Uh, look, it's the, like, four, like, this movie came out in 92? 92, yeah. Yeah. But the mummy here's, here's came out here, in 98. Oh, sp- speaking of, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So, this is Dracula. It's a Halloween movie. Can, can we agree on that? Yeah. Comes out in November of 92, like closer to Thanksgiving. That's really funny. Uh, Oscar why? buzz. I guess, yeah. Well, I feel like most Oscar. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just figured, we got the, 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 the I guess they were like, we're still kind of coasting on Halloween. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. But, le- but also. They're really trying to go for an Oscar though, huh? I guess. But, it, it won a few of them. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it won for makeup, art direction for sure, because it's like, the sets were gorgeous. Man, Coppola must have felt. Uh, like he was gonna win Best Director again or something. I'm pretty sure he probably thought to himself, "I'm gonna win Best Director with Dracula." <laughs> uh, let's talk about Carrie Always too as Arthur. Yeah, uh, and this is at, Carrie Always doing what he does best, playing the the constipated smug British guy. Because there's this, there's Princess Bride, there's he played that guy in the really bad Stephen Sommers version of Jungle Book. Yeah, it he's just doing what he does best, but. And then you got the Van Helsing played by Anthony Hopkins, who steals the show. I mean, it's... It's Anthony Hopkins who's going to be great regardless. I mean, honestly, I gotta tell you, um, I think Gary Oldman's, like, man bun, like, his dual man bun steals the show. That's my personal take on it. Yeah, Gary Oldman should have a man bun every time. It's just really funny that he, like, wore cat ears. Yeah. Gary, if you're listening, get the man bun. It's awesome. Also, we love you. Um... But then you got this Van Hel- you got Van Helsing who was basically a mad scientist. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's almost like a mad scientist, and it, but he's so much more than that. He's he's a philosopher. He's a religious scholar. He's an occultist, which is, I mean I think it's kind of goofy how he's trying to fig- they bring him in to help with let's figure out what's going on, and all of a sudden he's got this giant book on Dracula that he carries with him the entire time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and like it's, it's sorry, little... I just got some really cool news. What's um, that? I'm not telling you, because we're not going to do the podcast for the rest of the so I'm going to wait. Okay, all right, all right, we'll, uh, we'll let you know maybe the next episode. Uh, anyway, so, but also just the character of Dracula in this one, because we talk, we've also talked about this, um, Sunlight doesn't kill him, it just weakens him. Like, he can walk around 24-7, but he just doesn't have his powers when the, when the sun's out. Yeah. And then you've got, the, the coffin goes right out the window, because yeah. he, he's just kind of chilling in a box, he just has to sleep inside of his home dirt. Yeah, which is just coffin is just it's so simple. Yeah, like all of a sudden uh, no one. No Why? <laughs> Don't explain it. We're Oh, and Carfax Abbey instead of just one building, it's like an estate. That Where, makes a little bit of sense, though. Yeah, so he's got all he's got this greater this greater property where it does make sense though because as you you said it does make sense because it's harder to find him on there. Yeah, more hiding places, and. And it's like, cause we, and let's talk about Lucy, though, because he, he makes her a target pretty early on. Sorry, folks, we're kind of jumping around on this one. Because uh, she wears red a lot, as you noticed. Yeah. She wears red a lot, and it's almost as though Dracula's a charging bull. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add on that? Uh, yeah, it's like he's, like, just absolutely in love with, like, he's, like, so tempted by her outfit, and he just, like, everything about her, like, he's, like... She's sultry or something like that. He like really does run at her like a like a uh, like a bull. Yeah, because because Sadie Frost plays her. Yeah, and so it's 
I, I don't know. It's like, it, it's interesting because it's a Victorian England where modesty for women is still kind of expected. Yes. And, but here she is wearing red, like out having sex in the rain with this wolf creature. Uh, I guess he's just into it, man. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and Mina's a bit more, they gave her some agency. She's more than just this pretty face waiting for Harker. And, and on top of that, like, oh, and then so he and Mina have this sort of love affair while Harker is still off being held prisoner in the castle. Right, right. But then she dumps him. He's clearly heartbroken, and that ages him. It kind of it kind of gives him some more humanity. Dracula as this <laughs> lost soul. Yeah, he's, I agree. just lost his way. I agree with that. Can he give up his humanity to become a god or something? Yeah, or he um. Yeah, he just he renounced God to become immortal in a way. And I think maybe his maybe his pun because they never really go into just how he became the vampire. Yeah, they never really do. They just say that he. Uh, like just he just became like a demon or whatever. Like yeah. it's like there's like and he lost his girlfriend and he's just been a demon. Yeah, and it's gotten to the point where and it also gets to the point where he they try to get him they, they try to get him in Carfax Abbey and the cross doesn't work and he's got the he looks like Gollum, he's like, The power of the cross can do nothing against me. Yeah. Yeah, and so and then there's also the discussion of vampirism as a disease, which they never they haven't really done in any other film. Yeah, they say, it's oh, it's, like, the, it's, it's the disease that's destroying Mina, so what, it, vampirism is AIDS, almost. Yeah, it's a, definitely a, uh, an, uh, a, like, immunity system, or whatever you call it. It's attacking all the white blood cells. Yeah, and just... Uh, and I understood. <laughs> either way, if you ask me between Lugosi, Lee, and Olman, Olman's probably the best drag out of all of them, no disrespect to the other two, just because he has this charisma about him. I mean, Gary, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Lugosi, in hindsight, all Dracula films have been absolutely over the top and ridiculous. Like, we hold, the original, time, yes. one, we hold the original one to be, like, uh, the great, like, a great horror film. But, like, Bela Lugosi also was, like, a B-movie star. You know what I mean? Like, he became a B-movie star later on. Yeah, he, he did. But, like, yeah, man, We're like... Working with Ed Wood, specifically. Exactly. So, it's like, all of them are a little campy. All of them, like, nobody's doing, like, a great <laughs> impersonation of Dracula. Like, an all-over-the-top goofiness. And I think Gary Oldman does kick it up to probably about the 11 on that. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to that. Gary Oldman is definitely the best Dracula because yeah. he's probably the most over-the-top. Yeah, but uh, but just vi- but it kind of makes up he for He turned into it. a wolf and has sex with Lucy. What the f- Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> But you know what? It was what? the 90s. Everyone was having sex with it's wolves. Awesome. It's awesome. We, like, we went from dances with wolves to sex with wolves with this yeah, movie. I know, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you look at it, Kevin Costner, and then you go back and see, we did it again. We have Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Please follow us on Twitter, Mr. Costner. We love you. I don't know why we like Kevin Costner. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like, the original one is just like over the top and dumb. Like, it, you know, acting, it's very... Yeah, cause it, and you mentioned this it on the top, like, because, wow. because, like, one of the producers on this was a guy named Frank Fuchs, who helped put together Fairy Tale Theater, Shelley Duvall's old show on Showtime, but he was also uh, a video game producer. Yeah. Yeah, so he so this movie at points does kind of look, look like a video game in an RPG, the way it's shot. Yeah. So, maybe that had something to do with it. And... We don't want to spend too much on the movie in general because everyone knows the story. We don't want to rehash all the little details. But let's talk about the ending segment, specifically the last 10 to 15 minutes. Sure, we can do that. Yeah, it's just... It's almost like Tombstone in a way in that it's... The timeline's unclear. It's very rushed. 
Like, oh, we, uh, we're going to cut him off at, at this point. But, oh, wait, he's actually a step ahead of us because he did this. And then Mina's getting sicker. Then all of a sudden she's kind of possessed by Dracula. Then she, you don't really know whose side she's on. Then uh, Morris's Bowie knife goes through Dracula's heart because apparently a stake wasn't good enough. Yeah, it had to be the biggest, the biggest fucking knife in the world. The biggest fucking knife in the world that's clearly compensating for something. Yeah. And then you, and then you get to what is probably, like one of the most iconic scenes in the movie where you have, he's back in his castle or his church castle, whatever, dying on the steps. He's almost like this Christ-like figure. He's pretty much quoting the New Testament. It's finished. Why, why has my God forgotten me? They, they, they don't know what they do. And then it shows the, the, um, the fresco up top. Yeah. Show, and then it's kind of like he finally makes his peace with God. And then the movie's over. Yes. What happens to Mina? Is she Okay. Is everyone else okay? Like, what what's going on? It's just a very abrupt ending. Oddly works. I mean, I'd recommend the movie for sure. Oh yeah, that's a fine movie. I mean, if you like, yeah. if you like, just ridiculous campy nineties nineties Oh, for sure. But also, it holds up. It's not like a bad movie. Oh no, it's it's, it's, it's not just, bad at all. It's, it's just like it's like I watch like you know when you like watch like The Road Warrior. And yeah. And you're just like great movie, but also it's kind of ridiculous nineties stuff. <laughs> you're like well, yeah. eighties stuff. Yeah, and, and it's, like, it's, it, it's it's eight, it's 90s. This, it is the 90s. You know, know what this movie canon. is? This movie is the Hammer Dracula films all got together and snorted a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. No, yeah, this movie... And dropped some mushrooms while they were at it because the visuals are just ridiculous. This movie is pure 90s goodness um, in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Every era has its own feel, and ours is going to be the cold... Oh, you know, our era will be the mockumentary or, like, the cold-feeling shot of a digital camera, right? But this, you know, like, you could tell when a movie's made now, you could tell when a movie's made in the 90s and what, like, is important. And this movie is, is important to the 90s. Yeah. I love it. And similarly, you can you could say the same about Dracula Dead and Loving It, which came out in 1996, I believe. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and... And it's Mel Brooks, so he's taking a giant dump on a genre because he did Young Frankenstein. He goes, yeah, let's do Dracula now. You got Leslie Nielsen of Naked Gun fame playing Dracula. You got Mel Brooks as Van Helsing in a hilarious turn. Yeah. Harvey Corman is Dr. Seward. Amy Yazbek is Mina looking hot as can be. Yeah. And, oh, the, the best part of the movie, though, if you ask me, is Peter McNichol as Renfield. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Peter McNichol as, from Ally McBeal, just because he... <laughs> He's got those crazy eyes. He's got this, that really mousy voice to begin with. Just this one particular scene uh, where they kind of run into each other at a party. Dracula's kind of pissed off. It's just wonderful. Give it a listen. There's one particular scene in this movie with Renfield. He's having lunch with Dr. Seward, and he's just eating all these bugs that keep flying around, trying to make, make sure he's safe. He's like, oh, no, I feel normal. And then he just, a spider comes down, eats the spider. He's, he eats a lizard, the tail sticking out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's a typical, it's a typical Brooks film where they, they throw every bad joke under the sun. Yeah. I feel and, like, and, it, and yet it's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know why... Uh, this movie is a fun movie. Um, I think it's 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 good to me. I, I okay. So here's my particular beef with this movie, though. What's it that? It just felt like the Naked Gun. 
Like, Leslie Nielsen didn't really go out of it. Like, he's he's funny, but it's like, it's another, sl- it's a slapstick spoof of a movie. Where, like, Young Frankenstein is a great movie because it's like, it took... It's clever. It, it's, it's a little I mean, bit We're going to touch on Young Frankenstein for a little bit next week. Um, it's, it's very clever. This one felt like the naked gun with Dracula, but it's also very good. It just... Yeah. You mentioned the Young Frankenstein, and I was like, oh, God, now i got to compare these two. But you're right that it is very slapsticky, and that Leslie Nielsen has that one scene where he rises out of the coffin, smacks his head on the chandelier. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's 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 a multiple notes, but it's not, like, it's not a classic. It's not, like, the jokes are, no, jo- no joke is classic. In, in, like in, in Dead and Loving It you're talking about? Yes, no, no, of, of course not. I mean, it, it has its, it's funny a, moments. It's but a it, fun it, movie, but yeah. It's a fun movie. It's not a can't-miss movie. I mean, I mean, I like it very much. But it is, it's not something that I'm going to say, you have to watch this movie before you die. Oh, by the way, speaking of Renfield, I forgot to mention, Renfield is also supposed to be about 60. Yeah. I should have mentioned this last podcast. He's also supposed to be about 60 years old, and he's only, like, he's, like, every production of it, he's, like, looked like he's 20. I mean, uh, Waits made him look a little older. Oh, yeah, Waits made him look a little older. Yeah, and uh, Alexander Granach, I believe, played him in, uh, in Nosferatu. And he and he looked much older in that as well. I mean, he was at least bald in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we just got Mel Brooks just putting on this fake accent for Van Helsing, making fun of just how over the top I think Bram Stoker's Dracula was. I mean, here you here you'll, you can listen for yourself. Yep. And tonight, the foul thing will return. It will sup on her life's fluid until it has drained her. Of every last drop. And if she dies, a victim of this unspeakable creature, she will become one herself. What? She will become one herself. <laughs> and tonight. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever notice how Van Helsing just had all the answers? Yeah, I mean, that's one smart professor. Yeah, it's just crazy that he's like, he's like, hmm, you know it's so strange if we stick a piece of wood in his heart, and it's like, dude, you... You know too much about this, what are you hiding He from really us? is like, he's like a human version, he's a du ex machina. Yeah. Uh, and what's really sad, though, is that since Dead and Loving, we haven't really seen many good vampire movies. We had Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy, not that good. Oh boy, you really, that's a good movie. Is no, it? I don't I mean, like it that much. Okay, it's not a good movie, but Eddie Murphy is dope as hell in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He is so fucking fly. The hair, the glasses, like the circular glasses. Oh my god. And he also like, yo, yo, straight up, that movie, everything about that movie is so bad, but it's so good. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, not, I just, I'm black. I just want to point this out really quick. Like, podcasts, you can only hear my voice. You don't understand. As a black man... That movie is the bomb. Like, you watch a movie, you're like, yo, nah, for real though. Like, she like, uh, oh man. And then he like, uh, and she's like in that one piece, like the, the fucking nighty, And he like grabs her from behind. He's like, come on, baby, let's like do that. She's like, and he's like going for the neck. And then she's like, no, I can't. And then he like has the mullet still. It's like, yo, what is this movie? It's crazy. I saw it the other day on Netflix. My God, I had so much fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to so, give it a watch later on. It's just like, without any respect, just roast the fuck out of that movie. Like, there is no <laughs> warning limit to just how much you just go, yo, this movie is too much. It's so good. He wears a vest. Oh, man. 
Yo, if y'all, if you haven't seen this movie, do yourself a favor. Look up Eddie Murphy in his own Dracula. Dracula. Oh my God, a vampire in Brooklyn. That was a lot of. That was a huge '90s thing too. A blank in Brooklyn or a blank in the city. Like it was just like we got to take. Sp- or if you're Spike Lee, Crooklyn. Crooklyn, right? Uh, <laughs> yo, blank in the whatever got. Because we gotta get that demographic. Yo, Tales from the Hood, though. Okay, sorry. Okay, moving moving on. Eddie's gotten a little overexcited. Take your pills, man. Sorry, I Take just... Take your pills. Yeah, sorry. I have amoxicillin because I'm a little sick. Uh, <laughs> dude. Uh, uh, yeah, but, all, but but anyway, so I we digress. Vampire movies since then, okay, you've had 30 Days of Night, which is more of a comic book movie. Then yeah. you've got Twilight, which I'm not even going to discuss because forget those movies. Yeah, you have her, and then you had Dracula three thousand, which was Dracula in space. Oh my God, Angela Bassett was in Vampire in Brooklyn. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> but yeah, but the fact of the matter is that you have no vampires are kind of a lost art. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, because like, because also in because also in um in Dragon Den loving it, they have this beautiful scene, like this dance sequence, where they're basically just playing Brahms Hungarian Dance Number Five. And it just it just oddly works. I don't know why. You got Leslie Nielsen and Amy Asbeck dancing in front of a mirror. They're doing all these tricks. But wait, he's a vampire. There's no reflection. So uh, I don't know. I mean, like they kind of like even though Dracula Dead Love Me is not that good of a movie. It, no, no, I didn't say it's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not a, a goofy, bad movie. It's a goofy movie. Yeah, it's a goofy movie. It, it has charm. Yeah. But like it's it's so forgotten because now unless. You sparkle in the sunlight, or super goth. Apparently, vampires aren't a thing anymore. No, I mean, you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have the Batman then, man. Um, by that I mean now they're in the. You know, like when you look at what happened to the Batman films, like that's what you know. It, it it's it's uh, like it started off being like super dark, super scary. Like that was Batman. He was gothic, and then it became campy '60s Batman. Then it went to. Over the top violence, Batman, and now it's back to being the gothic Batman. You know, it's a little, it's more like friend, it's more like a CSI version of Batman, but it's still got that gothic feel. What's happy with you know vampires now is you have to go. There's so much toward the family friendly side, you gotta just knock it back to the hardcore angry side in order for it to find its groove again. You have to like go to like, they can't be they can't be shooting guns and and having sex with uh, Kristen uh, Kristen Stewart, Stewart man. Like, no, vampires, they have to, like, you have to tell, I guess, an actually really scary representation of the original Dracula story. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I, have to and I, I, I welcome that. Do, uh, I, yeah. Because uh, if, if you get Russell Crowe as Van Helsing. Uh, and also... Not Tom Cruise. No, 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 not Tom Cruise. Uh, 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 Hugh Jackson. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Jackman as uh, Dracula. Then you have Les Miserables. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, you, you do. just have the past of Les Miserables. Man of Safe Raid. Uh, have Anne Hathaway maybe be Lucy. Uh, and uh, yeah, you have the cast of Les Miserables. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, folks, that has been our Dracula retrospective. Um, anyway, so out of the three, you had original Dracula, horror Dracula from Hammer, Bram Stoker's. What do you recommend the most, would you say? I mean, uh, yeah. Dance music. Uh, okay, so I would say I would probably recommend uh, Stroker's Dracula as like just the best of the three. 
But definitely, if you haven't seen the original, you kind of have to see the original, so... Very slow moving, but it has value. And then the Hammer Dracula uh, just gets, like... It's probably the best acted of the three. So yeah. I'll say, just if you want to watch, like, a fine Dracula movie, definitely. But they all get to it. But I'd say... If you haven't already watched the original one, watch the original. If you have... It's an hour, Bram, ten minutes of your time. Definitely. Bram Stoker's is number one. Yeah, yeah, because the best overall film is Bram Stoker's by Coppola. If you want to watch the... If you want to watch, like, the good intro film, watch Lugosi from 1931, the original Dracula, because, like I said, hour, ten minutes of your time. It moves slowly, but it's just so beautifully done as well. Dwight Fry as Renfield is... Steals the show. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, it's that time. Give him your Twitter. Hey, it's Eddie underscore D O U and then G and that's it. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, JB's World three two eight six. Like us on Facebook, Video Vault Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, please. Follow us on Twitter, Video underscore Vault PC. PCs for podcast. That's all for the Video Vault today, folks. Stay as long as you like. Don't forget to lock up.